Welcome to another episode of Fresh Takes, where today we're sitting down with State Representative Joe Kerwin, and we're talking about a couple of things that are really important in Harrisburg right now. The first one that we're going to talk about is the new legislative maps. Now, this has been an ordeal. Every 10 years, this is an ordeal, but this particular one has been fraught with anger and talk of all kinds of things. Can you give us what you've seen in, in this process and, and, and where we stand as we move forward after this, uh, after this redrawing? Hey, Chuck, it's good to be back. You know, one of the things that when I came here to Harrisburg that I knew we were going to go through as a freshman legislator for uh, the entire General Assembly was redistricting. And I didn't think anything of it. Of all the controversial things that we deal with in Harrisburg, I was like, oh, well, it's the map drawing process that happens every 10 years. There'll be some give and take. It turns out this is one of the most controversial things that we've gone through, that I've gone through, being here for for over a year now. the last month and a half, two months, redistricting has really taken all the air out of the room. It, I mean, it's one of the biggest issues. It was all over the newspaper. When the preliminary maps came out on December 16th, there was huge pushback from the Republican caucus, and rightfully so, for a lot of things that occurred in those preliminary maps. Now, the maps have been finalized. There was a 4-1 vote um, on the Senate and House maps last Friday with the Legislative Reapportionment Commission, and now we enter into the period where there can be constitutional challenges with the courts to the maps. But what a, what a crazy last month and a half it's been when it comes to the restructuring of Pennsylvania's political districts for both House and Senate. And this is something that, of course, is driven by the census, uh, that when we take, and take a look at where people have moved to, where people are currently living, Things have changed. There have been counties that have gotten a lot more people. Some little boroughs have gotten a lot, gotten a lot bigger in the last 10 years. This has to be accounted for. And so there are always going to be some people who are happy when this happens who, because they're getting better representation. And there's other people who are going to be not so happy because either they're losing representation or they're losing contact with a, with a system that they have developed over years. Um, a lot of municipalities say that, hey, we don't want to be split, things like this. How do we approach this with with a sane head, if you will, and 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 move forward and and and, and look toward the future without having to battle in this down this path? It's a really good question. I, I don't know if there's a really great answer for it. You know, one of the things that really concerned me with the maps that, that are now likely to become finalized, likely to be enacted, and be the law of the land for the next 10 years, the fact that it really seems like rural Pennsylvania, an area where I come from, as well as many House Republicans come from, is really going to start losing out on its voice in Harrisburg. Um, we saw things in the preliminary map and then the final map, which you know, I wasn't expecting mid-sized cities being split um, and and voters being divided, municipalities being divided that had never been divided before. And, you know, you can look at Dauphin County as one of those examples where I'm from. Harrisburg City was split two ways to create two new seats, um, which lean heavily Democratic. And then also uh, Lower Paxton Township in, in Dauphin County, the county's largest municipality with over 53,000 people was split in half, which had never been done before. So there's a lot of inexplainable things that have gone on in this map drawing process. And, you know, as a freshman, 
just to, to go through this, you know, it was stressful, you know, wondering, do the people that I represent now, that I have the privilege to represent now, am I going to lose out on representing them in the future? And, you know, I was one of those people that lost a large segment of the district that I represent. Now, I represent a majority Schuylkill County seat, and the new 125th as configured will not have a single constituent in it from Schuylkill County. It's wholly contained in Dauphin County. So my like district I represent changed significantly, and that's not an isolated case. That has happened all throughout the state. We've seen members of districts change significantly. And you know, the argument can be made, well, a member doesn't own the district, it's not theirs. But I make the counter argument is that the people trusted the representative that they elected enough to send them to Harrisburg, and this really disrupts that process. It certainly changes who people are working with and the relationships that have been built over years and the time that has been put in to get things moving between the local government and state government level. The other thing we'd like to talk about, though, this week is uh, not related to the maps, and this is the budget. The process for this year began this week as the governor delivered his eighth and final budget address. Uh, Many people are saying they're glad that it is his final one because, boy, did he request a large spending increase again. I've heard people mention that this isn't so much a budget. It is a Democrat spending wish list. Where do you stand on this, Joe? Uh, How do we move forward with a little bit of sense? So I think I could probably hit on the positives of the budget address to begin with. It wasn't very long. Then I can go ahead and get into the negatives. So this was the first one that I was able to sit through last year. It was uh, it was a virtual, and if I I think back last year, I was actually in Washington D.C. with the National Guard at the time, uh, so I had to watch the budget address at a later date. But you know, I listened to what the governor said. I, I heard him out, as did all of the colleagues in the Republican House Caucus, and I could say that. I'm disappointed in what he said, but I'm really not surprised. Tom Wolf is a tax and spend liberal. I mean, that's what he's been proposing for the last seven years of his term, his two terms, is that he wants to increase spending, he wants to increase taxes. And, you know, he proposed that yesterday. He said, we, I want to have a 16.6% increase in spending here in Pennsylvania, which is going to be over $6 billion in spending. And I just don't understand the fantasy land that he's coming from. And I get it. You know, he's on his way out. But he's setting up the next governor, the next General Assembly in 2022, 2023, 2024 for a fiscal disaster. We can't continue to spend, especially after the last two years that we've had, like we've been doing. You know, the independent fiscal office has said that if we go with this budget proposal, and that's what it is, it's a proposal because it's not going to happen. We're going to have over $800 million in deficit in 2023 and 2024 alone, that one-year, two-year period. So I listened to the governor, and I couldn't help but shake my head when he talked about this proposed spending, this just fiscal fantasy land that he wants to live in. And I couldn't help but to think, is he just being disingenuous and basically throwing everything he can at the wall to see if it sticks because he knows he's on his way out? Because he has to know that he's not going to get any of that and that he's going to have to come to the table and talk to the General Assembly to come up with a responsible budget. And fortunately, we were able to do that last year. No new taxes, no new fees. We created a very robust surplus for the state, over $2 billion. 
you know, that's another thing I want to hit on too. He talked about the surplus and he mentioned that having a surplus is a good thing. And the comical part of that was when he turned around and said, okay, let's raid that surplus and spend, 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 spend. And it, it just, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I know, I know I'm a freshman, I'm not an economist, but I look at it and we can't be spending money that we don't have. And I'm a big proponent of the rainy day fund. I think we should have a large, healthy, substantial, robust rainy day fund and, and not touch it until we absolutely have to, because that day is coming and it's not here right now. So anything that the governor says contrary to that is just irresponsible. This has been Fresh Takes. 